So she goes up to Saeed and she's like, hey, can I have a favor? Yell at Locke. Or like, I don't know. What what exactly is she doing? Does him. she want him to kill Locke? Yeah, that's what I thought. Shannon. Like, is Shannon just like, you know, what's great about having a boyfriend who was in the military and tortured people is that he can torture whoever <laughs> I want him to. Me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The song that I would sing to turn up head is Wonderwall by Oasis. Um, first of all, classic. Mm-hmm. Second of <laughs> all, you predictable little monster. <laughs> My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass MILFs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And the song that I would sing to turn up head is Daddy Lessons by Beyonce. And uh, (laughs) this episode, our guest is Sam. Yay! You should know her from when we saw her when she came in uh, for the mid-season roundtable. Or yep. if you listen to our Riverdale podcast. That was oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, anytime Brittany's like, oh, that girl that I'm dating, that one? Yeah, that's Oh, me. I don't know her. <laughs> Never Who's heard that? of that? Who is she? Who is she? <laughs> but really, who is she? My name is Sam Coley, and I'm a 25-year-old communication specialist in pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I like ships in their 40s and making playlists. I'm a senior writer at Telltale TV, where I'm currently reviewing Supergirl and Blackish, and soon The 100. I'm on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about TV, food, and femis- feminism. <laughs> the song I would sing to turn up head is Africa by Toto. Shout out. That's, that's going to be shout out to Africa by Toto. All day. Only like the world's best song. Ask Sam what her favorite song of all time is. Sam, I would love to know what your favorite song of all time is. It's Africa by Toto. Hey, you guys, you guys should ask me what my favorite song of all time is. Hey, Robin, what's your favorite song of all time? Well, it's Wonderwall by Oasis. (laughs) (laughs) Brittany, uh, what's your favorite song of all time? It's not Daddy Lessons by (laughs) Beyonce. You've made the mistake this day. <laughs> well, my you favorite fall. song of all time is like probably Janie's Got a Gun or Mad World. And those are both not good choices. Eh, why not? You are so emo. Um, excuse you. <laughs> I've had an emo life. So. <laughs> Janie's Got a Gun is a great song. I fantasize about murdering my father one day. Okay, so let's do a little get to know you. I mean, I know these things, but other people I know, don't know them too, things. mostly. Robin Robin also knows, the, knows these things, and she would like you to know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is your Hogwarts house? Uh, Slytherin. Oh, that's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? I'm, I am surrounded by Slytherins. <laughs> um, what does Lost mean to you? That you made me watch it, and <laughs> I loved it, and I watched it in, like, one month, um, oh, because boy. I had a, a Henry and Cusick situation. It's fine. Don't worry oh. about it. Interesting that you speak about that in the past tense. <laughs> That's uh, ongoing. It's an yeah. ongoing situation. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how far have you watched it? Slash, how many times have you watched? Um, I watched it all the way through once. I've gotten to the end of season four twice, and I've seen the constant about fifty times. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. 
That checks out. Sounds right. Sounds right. <laughs> so, um, you know, the next question is fairly obvious after that one, but who are your favorite characters? <laughs> uh, Desmond and Penny, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Saeed. Yes. Son and Jen. Yes. Charlie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kate. Sawyer. Yep. And yep. Juliet. Yeah. All good I- answers. Yeah, and, um, like, I'm not offended at all that you forgot to include Ben. Ben is your favorite character, and I'll ben, let you have him. Because he's horrible. Yeah, I'll let you have your trash son. Thank you. Where can we find you on social media, you absolute brat? <laughs> she already said I'm, it. I'm at Sam Casey's on the, the Twitter. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y with an S at the end. Today we have words to say about episode 121 of Lost, The Greater Good. Okay, so every time that I hear The Greater Good, I just think about Dumbledore. <laughs> because that was like his thing about him and Grindelwald. They were always talking about like doing things for the greater good. So like, that's my main point. But another thing that I found on the internet is it is a common expression, which refers to the fact that you are doing something that most likely will not benefit you, but many people, a community, or even the human race, according to the context. The expression is often used in political, religious, or philosophical contexts. Or if you're Star Trek, it's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That's basically what it means. Another thing about it is that it was originally called Sides. And like it even says in the Blu-ray that I was looking at, it says the greater good, a.k.a. Sides. And I'm I really do think that the greater good is a better title. And I'm not sure why it would have been called Sides at all. Yeah, that's a very bizarre title for it. Yeah, um, that just doesn't sound like any of the other Lost titles. Like, the Lost titles are always, like, really cool sounding, and just the word sides is kind of weird. I mean, I guess it's, like, sides could be, I guess, who's, it depends whose side you're on, because, like, yeah. Saeed is constantly playing all the sides. And also, but like, I mean, Jack versus Locke. Especially in this episode. Yeah. And Locke, yeah. I guess I would say, then, like, what other... Like, what episode wouldn't be called Sides then? You know? Mm, that's like, true. That oh, happens you're to right. all of them. So you're right. I'm, I'm not sure why this previous title has been so, like, taken out of the woodwork that it would be on the Blu-ray even. Yeah, that's um, uh, odd. Would love some answers if anyone has them. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So the broadcast date was May 4th, 2005. It was written by Leonard Dick, and it was directed by David Grossman. And now I wanted to make a tad bit of a disclaimer like we did in the last Saeed episode that we did. We are three white women. And uh, we are, luckily, I'm doing this podcast with two of the most lovely and least problematic people that I know. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it is never our intention to offend anyone. And if we say anything that's a little bit off, please feel free to tweet us, DM us on Twitter, uh, you can uh, email us at a fictionalist podcast. We would love to hear uh, your thoughts and so that we can publicly apologize for it um, because this is not something I personally know very much about and it is quite a touchy subject in this episode. Yeah, and like when I was watching, I was like, okay, so maybe we don't talk about so much the sociological impact of this as more of like the the narrative impact for Saeed because like right. it would feel really wrong to speak about something that, you know, even if we did tons of research, we still don't like live in that sort of like, you know, we don't have, we don't follow that religion and we don't live in those circumstances and we've never experienced anything like that. So 
I think it's, we're going to try and walk a very respectful line and make sure that we don't speak out of turn. All of us are intersectional feminists and we support everyone. So uh, yeah, please, please let us know if we say something off. We we would really Mm -hmm. like to apologize for it. And learn. And learn, yes. What I'm here for is like, if you're you're interested in like being like, hey, y'all are wrong and here's why, I want to hear it and I want to learn from it. But if Mm -hmm. you don't want to do that, that is okay too. I'm going to do a recap. Okay, so Robin is now going to recap this episode in a minute or less, much in the vein of the recap, which you can find on YouTube, called Lost in 8 Minutes and 15 Seconds, which is a quick summation of the entire show. If Robin doesn't do it in under a minute, she's going to speed herself up to sound like a chipmunk, much like I did in the previous episode. And let me tell you, that's (laughs) embarrassing to listen to. Claire needs some rest, so Charlie offers to take care of Turniphead for the day, but he can't seem to get him to stop crying. Hurley tries to sing to him, but ultimately it's Sawyer's voice that gets him to calm down. Relatable. In the past, (laughs) Saeed is forced by some federal agents to infiltrate a terrorism ring. Yikes. He has to convince his college friend, Assam, into being a martyr in order to find Nadia. It's pretty dicey. Once they get the explosives... Saeed reveals to Assam that he was using him, and Assam shoots himself. Saeed chooses to board Oceanic Flight 815 instead of the plane the day before in order to lay his friend to rest properly. On the island, Shannon mourns Boone. At the Booneral, Saeed <laughs> speaks up with a eulogy, and Locke gets attacked by Jack. Jack is way exhausted and passes out. Kate drugs him so he'll take a nap, and the key to the gun case goes missing. After Locke apologizes to Shannon, she asks Saeed to do something about him. Locke takes Saeed to the Nigerian plane, and things are revealed. Shannon tries to shoot Locke, but Saeed prevents her for the greater good. 58 seconds. I hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well done, Slytherin. Thank you so much. Claire is not resting properly um, because, you know, ultimately if she was in a hospital, the nurses would take her baby and she'd be able to take a nap, but that's not how it goes. So Sun tells her to chill. Uh, Charlie calls the baby Turniphead because I that. Same. that's adorable. And also, like, you know, the writers needed something to call him before before he was named. True. But, like, why doesn't she name him immediately? When does he get named? What? No, I know what he gets named. No, I when? Said, when does he get named? Oh, I was like, dummy? Even I know that one. No. Uh, let me check here. I just couldn't remember while I was watching this episode why she didn't have a name for him yet. Yeah, why doesn't she? Because she hasn't chosen one yet, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, uh, yeah, Exodus uh, part one or part two. So the season finale. Okay. He gets a name. So it's basically like she wasn't really expecting to have that baby, so she didn't pick out a name for him. Yeah, I guess she didn't really like. She thought that the people who adopted him would. Oh, that's would be right. Naming okay. him. Yeah, which is also probably why she's like has no clue what to do and can't sleep. Yeah. yeah. Charlie promises that no one will take him away from her, and uh, she's like, "Okay, well, be careful." I love this like ring that she wears on her thumb. It's so aesthetically pleasing. I didn't even notice it. Only you would notice a ring on someone's thumb. It was really cool. I wish I'd seen it now. Yeah. Let me go. Let me let me see if I can find some. One sec. Lots of Shannon in this episode. This was a big Shannon episode. I love Shannon. She's underrated. She absolutely is. I found it. Okay. I mean, usually you see it up up closer, but Oh, that is cute. I think we should bring thumb rings back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get that, yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. But like when it was up close and it like kept coming in and out of frame, it was like really cool looking. Nice. I don't know. I'm surprised that Google was so nice to me in that one. I did not expect it to to actually give me what I wanted. Um, okay, next scene. So uh, Charlie is singing the Itsy Bitsy Spider, but the baby continues to cry. 
he is singing the British version, uh, which is drowned instead of washed, apparently. Is that really the um, British version, or is that just what Hurley says? I don't know. Because I assume, like, why wouldn't Charlie know the regular version? I mean, if, maybe I he just had a weird childhood. You don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, Hurley comes over to try and help. He's asking, is he hungry? Did he poop all over himself? <laughs> you know. And he says, I got to bring out the big guns. And he starts to... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I first of all, Hurley is just like an angel. I think we can all agree. You know, yes. he just brings out, like Claire said in one of her recent Lost tweets, he just brings out the best in people. Mm-hmm. And he's just a really good person. But like the fact that he thinks that this is going to calm down a baby is hilarious. <laughs> Hurley has clearly never been around babies. No. All right. Time to break out the big guns. Wow, I feel good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would now. No, 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 no. I feel good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would now. No, no, no. So good. So good. I got you. Bum, 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 bum. Dude, that's all I got. How is he, this like, the big guns? His vague idea of how to calm down a baby is just to kind of ask the baby if it'll calm down. Well, yeah, no, yep, same though. Yeah, yeah, same. I feel like though the way he says it, like he's bringing out his one trick that has calmed one baby in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like one particularly ornery puppy. <laughs> yes. I like this moment that he like finishes the song, like the big moment of the song, and then a wave crashes in the background. And like obviously they couldn't have orchestrated that. I feel like that was just like a coincidence that they were like, well, we'll make sure to use that take. <laughs> I think that it's that was like cool. instead of hearing crickets, it's the wave. Nice. Yeah. Uh, another part that I really liked about this scene though is that Charlie is like rocking the baby in tune with like in time with the how the song goes like those two uh-huh. are just best friends i love them yeah who knew that charlie would actually be wildly good with babies yeah an angel and like so enthusiastic about it like he wasn't just putting it on for show he truly wants to take care of this kid oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah not just for claire that's a great thing about charlie yeah exactly it's like that's the whole point is like it's not like romantically didn't get in claire's good books like he loves this kid already mm-hmm. and like he even though the nickname he came up with is Turniphead, he's the only one that's given the baby a name so far. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, he was like, "Well, I gotta call him something. He's my buddy." Yeah. And so then Hurley's like, "I don't know. That's it. That's all I could think of." <laughs> Me I have nothing left. Like, I'm that's sorry. All I, got. I was helpful only so far. <laughs> In the next scene, we have Michael and Walt talking near the raft. How much weight can this hold? I don't know. A lot. No. Yeah, yeah. Tighter. Got it. What if it tips over? It won't. That's why we made it this wide. There. That should do it. Right? Good? Good. All right. What if a shark attacks? Sharks ain't getting anywhere near us, man. What if we die? We are not going to die. Boom, die. Jin says in Korean, that, ellipses, Titan, 
And then Mike says, yeah, yeah, I'll tighten it or whatever. It's like Mike is actually getting, not even just getting like the gist now, like he's getting the actual words somehow. Oh. Which is heckin' cool. I think that's really neat and shows a huge uh, growth on his part mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to like willingly reach out and learn these things so that they can work together harmoniously. Yeah. Because you can see that Jin's trying. Yeah. So I didn't see the um, subtitle, so I didn't know he got the exact word right. No, there was there weren't any subtitles. I just went. Um, oh, and, and you looked it up. Oh, because yeah, you're Robin. What what Robin does is whenever someone speaks Korean and they don't subtitle it, because like the way they do it on Lost is you only get to see the subtitles if the episode's from Sun and Jin's perspective, right? Right. Only if it's like a conversation in between the two of them. So like those two. Uh, would understand each other, but if like Michael's in the the thing with Sun and Jin, then since Michael speaks English, you're relating to Michael in the scene, okay. and so you're not getting the subtitles because right. Michael wouldn't understand what they were saying. Right. So uh, Robin always goes and finds um, the actual translations online, and then she tells us what he says. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what I was going to say was that's that makes it even cooler that Jin repeats good back to him a few minutes later because like Mm -hmm. they're saying they're each learning back and forth which is like really cool i love them like after fighting for so long they finally figured out how to communicate with each other and a lot of these dudes that have been really bickering a lot have like do end up being friends like Jin ends up being good friends with sawyer and good friends with hurley that's the thing that i find interesting is like the emphasis of these tumultuous relationships always seems to be the men while the women are always just assumed to always get along Mm. and like you don't have any real conflict between them except you know shannon snips from time to time or you know i think we had basically like one episode where kate and son kind of were not really sure what's going on and you truly don't have like a female character who refuses to get along with anyone until like spoilers but like juliet i was gonna say yet (laughs) yeah yeah so it's kind of interesting that the show truly kind of really didn't care about having conflict between any of the women. It was always about the men. That kind of uh, reflects reality, in my opinion. Yeah. Men's egos get in the way far more often than women's do. That's very true. But I would say on the flip side that as far as I can think of, in a lot of shows, the men almost always have to be like we like aren't allowed to have important friendships if that makes sense like they're not allowed to be like happy and be like with their best friend and and everything's good Mm -hmm. does that make sense and so um it's nice that they do get to uh have relationships like that yeah you're right usually like it's always women being catty and men being like oh you women are always so dramatic blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah blah. and it's like well in this show actually the most dramatic people are all men yeah (laughs) it's true like one of the most dramatic TV characters of all time has to be Jack Shepard. Yes, fully agree. Yeah, he's so dramatic all the time. He is legitimately a drama queen. Yes, yes. Good talk about sexism in media, guys. I'm proud of us. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, what if one of us dies? And he's like, we're not going to die. And he says, Boone died. And it's like a kind of a moment where your heart kind of sinks. And you're like, it sucks that Walt is being, like, that all of this stuff is happening right in front of Walt, you know? Because yeah. his mom just died in Australia and you know Brian didn't want him and now he comes here and like he has to see a bunch of people die like it sucks it's very much like um Carl in The Walking Dead where you sort of have 
these young kids exposed to stuff way too early Mm -hmm. to even like comprehend them and the fact that they do comprehend them and then go past that comprehension and start asking questions that maybe the adults haven't even thought of yeah it's it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. this is sort of like jumping back a little bit because we didn't we haven't gotten to the funeral yet because we're not talking about boone yet but is that moment when he holds his hand at the funeral like the first sort of sign of like trust and tenderness between walt and michael or like the first moment that Walt reaches out to him I would say physically, yes, but uh, uh, earlier yeah, in the season, yeah, he did I would say, say so. can I help you build the new raft and stuff? And they have like a moment where they talk about how, you know, Michael was like, I'm sorry, I keep, yeah. um, you know, lashing out at people and Walt's like, it's okay. Can I help you build a new raft and that? But I would say physically, yes. I yeah. I just sort of noticed That's like good catch. that moment and then this one. Uh, it's sort of this episode is sort of like the turning point of Walt seeing Michael as his actual dad instead of like trying to find right. that in Locke because he doesn't mm-hmm. really know if he can trust Locke anymore. Right. That's a great point. I never even thought about that. Charlie walks up and um, he's asking if Sun is there. And then in the <laughs> transcript, it gave me a Korean character. So I So I Googled what the Korean character meant and it literally meant Huh? And then I was like, oh, cool. Cool. So I click play and he goes, hey, have you seen Sun? And Jin goes, huh? He's like, who? And I'm like, I did not need a translation for that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, I guess I didn't need to Google that. Yep. But okay. Oops. Um, He's like, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not really talking to her. So sorry. Um, My plot isn't about her in this episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Sawyer shows up. He calls Charlie Chucky, which is from like the horror film series. And he calls, I mean, he calls Turniphead, <laughs> baby <laughs> Huey, Spoilers. who is a gigantic and naive infant duckling cartoon character from the early 1950s. <laughs> Why does Sawyer know this reference? He's amazing. I, he's like, he's a dork. He's a huge nerd. He, Oh my god, look at this picture of baby Huey. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> my favorite Hold thing up. in the world is when super professional Robin like gets caught distracted by other things. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, baby Huey. I'm clicking on this. I'm nervous though. What is that? <laughs> I've seen this before. Why? Oh my god, I've seen this before. But also, like, it's amazing that Sawyer has taken in so much content that, like, he can just, like, there it is. Or, like, you know, I bet he, like, falls asleep and he's just like, ooh, now there's a baby. I, there are so many more options. <laughs> Sawyer is, like, a true millennial in that his entire vocabulary is made up with pop culture references. <laughs> he's like, ooh, at some point I'll call Charlie Chucky. That'll be good. Yeah, he, like, sits alone at night, like, brainstorming what to call everyone. He has, like, a little diary. I was about to say, does he have, like, a journal he's, like, where he, like... Write it down every all the nicknames. <laughs> you know he does. <laughs> he like has so many good ones for Kate, but like he likes her too much, so he's just gonna keep calling her Freckles because <laughs> that's a term of endearment now. Yep. But and and it's like also he was like, oh, that's actually the best one I could ever come up with. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't get better than this actually. He, I think he could do better than Doc for Jack. I mean, there's some originality yeah. issues there. I mean, I think that when he settles on one, that's kind of means like that. It's kind of like a. Uh, like I said, a term of endearment. It's like, now this is your name, and it's like a cute nickname now. He's like, 
Um, I show my affection through gentle ribbing, so I'm going to give yeah. you a really mean nickname. <laughs> Cute. Which is also how I show affection. I was about to say, uh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Dating me must be a nightmare. No, it's pretty fun. Alright. Robin's like, can't relate. Sawyer shows up, and it turns out that <laughs> the baby likes Sawyer's voice. Um, my next note is, same. And then uh, <laughs> he begins to follow him. Kate, I Charlie's get this. finally found what to do. I love I, yeah. that Charlie just doesn't say anything. He just like straight up <laughs> is like, I'm going to go wherever you go now. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> he doesn't you say anything. You and I are attached at the hip. <laughs> but like, I like Sawyer's voice. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I deeply get that. It's such a nice voice. Dude sounds amazing. I, I actually like, it is really truly special that... Sawyer's like, leave me alone. And Charlie's like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> you are this child's favorite person. But the best part is that, like, Sawyer agrees to keep reading to him. Yeah. Sawyer's like, oh, yeah. I like kid. Because Sawyer's actually secretly a big ol' softie. Mm-hmm. He truly is. He's like, oh, there's a baby? Well, I'm going to do this reluctantly, but I want you to know deep down that I love this child. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what Kate said last episode. She said, this baby is all of ours. And he is, even if they don't have a name for him and they call him Turnip Head. Sawyer begins to read from an automobile magazine. Uh, he's got his, his little glasses on. And <laughs> I noticed when I was lis- like rewatching today that he says beneath the hood, the 4.4 liter power plant. And those are numbers. Those are numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to check the transcript to see if there were any more that were like actual numbers, but I've got 32, V8, that counts, 400, 350, six speed. So there's some numbers in there. I like that out of context, I just feel like, yes, those are all numbers. Those are numbers. They sure are, Robin. <laughs> good they sure job. are numbers. That's a good definition of what those things are. Uh, Claire shows up, uh, then the baby starts to cry again, and Charlie's like, um, did I tell you to stop talking? (laughs) Don't think I did. You're this baby's dad now. (laughs) It's like, um, Uh, we hired you for your services, continue with the reading. Yes. Sawyer's the official babysitter. See, that's why I love him and Steve so much. Steve? Yes, Steve Harrington. Oh my gosh, how much would you love if... Because we haven't seen Steve's parents, have we? No, we have not. We know nothing about his family, really, oh, except yeah. they're rich. And that they're that, and that and his parents are together. How much would you love if it was Josh Holloway? He oh, talks to them, talks that would be amazing. What? I said, how much would you love if it was Josh Holloway? It was his dad. That would change my life. <laughs> that would change my life. I'd be like, Josh Holloway, did I ask for you to do this to me in two separate shows? <laughs> We're talking about Stranger Things for the record, in case anyone yeah, is very yeah. confused like I was for a second. <laughs> Listen, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Stranger Things, watch Stranger Things. It's like a very, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would use the word similar, but like they have like a, the same sort of feel and they're both really well written. So would recommend Stranger Things currently wearing a Stranger Things shirt. They've got that mysterious vibe that kind of is the, uh, an additional character. The mystery is truly an additional character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to move on to all the Boone, Shannon, Jack, Kate stuff, if you guys are. Yeah. Okie dokie. Okay, so Shannon is just kind of, like, stroking Boone's body, I guess. Like, I know that she she cared for him, but, like, as soon as, like, the life's gone from that, I'm kind of just like, ah, 
now it's now it's a dead body. Does that make sense? I think. Or am um, I being weird? Yeah. No, I get it, but I think it's like I've never been around a dead body. No, me so I, I don't know if I would like feel differently, like if it was someone I knew. I would no. If it was someone I knew, I probably would do the same thing, even though they were dead. Well, see, I wouldn't. Uh, this might make me a terrible person, but like I was in the room when my grandfather passed away, and. <laughs> About five minutes after he passed away and everything, I was like, I need to go. There's nothing wrong with that. That makes sense, too. That makes sense, too. This isn't the same person. Like That's not terrible. If you don't no. feel like his spirit's there anymore, there's that's there's nothing bad in that at all. Because then I remembered, like, how scared I am. Even just, like, walking through cemeteries, I'm like, there are people underneath me. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't go to funerals because I'll cry. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, like I cr- even if yeah. it's a stranger, I will cry. If oh, I see, yeah. like... Any of their family crying, I'm, I'm done. I've lost it. Yeah. Yep. See, I've been to a couple funerals. I, I mean, like, I have two grandparents that died, but they didn't have funerals. When I go to funerals, it's like, to me, I show up and I'm, like, not attached to my own emotions. I'm just, like, looking around and I'm like, someone died and they're in here and I don't feel comfortable with that. And, like, yeah. I, like, shut – I just shut down. Mine is an empathy thing and I just take it on way too much. Yeah. Like, I so we go to feel the, everyone extremes. else's sadness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I can't. I like put a whole wall up, and I'm like, nope. And then I stress about it about a month later. Yeah. So Saeed's talking to Shannon, saying Boone was very brave. You know, he was always a really good person. So you know, is there anything I can do? And she doesn't really answer. And it's like, okay, like that's that's about all that he can do for right now. So I mean, I feel like Saeed's been around enough people who have lost people to know, yeah. like, you can't when reach someone if they're not ready. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. like, when to give space and when to Exactly. Not. Jack is out looking for Locke. Kate finds him, and she's like, can you come leader us, please? We need your help. You're the leader. Come. It kind of is insulting that it makes all of them kind of look like lost little ducklings. What do you mean? Oh, just because Jack is gone, so they're all like, ah! Yeah! <laughs> like, I don't know if I would completely fall to pieces, because Saeed's still there. True! I'd be like, well, you're a main character, and Sawyer's a main character, and Kate's a main character. I'm fine. Yeah. I, I don't would know. fully trust Saeed if Jack wasn't around. In fact, I trust Saeed probably more than Jack most of the time, and especially Jack, who's, like, you know, collapsing all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you've witnessed everything that happened with Boone, you've seen, like, Jack really stretch himself in order to save this person but you've also seen Jack, like, have multiple breakdowns and freak out. And, like, at that point, I would be like, okay, I, like, if you want to go, I think that would be better for you. Mm-hmm. No, see, my reaction then wouldn't be, where's Jack? Where's our leader? It would be, where's that guy who's, like, bled out half exactly. of his body? And is he going to pass out in the woods? Yeah, where's the doctor who will help us? Yeah, like, I would be worried that, like, Jack's medical skills aren't around, and I would be worried for his well-being. Yeah. Be like, is he still alive? Like, not, like, I need this random man to right. comfort me. Yeah, like, Kate. She's like, um, hey, you need to not be running around like a crazy person. You should probably sit, because you're exhausted. And you kind of look, you know, the color of a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. His, like, lips are, like, white. Mm-hmm. And that's an achievement when you were on an island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. So welcome to the Booneral. It is literally Stop. called the Booneral. Oh it is literally called the Booneral. I wish I was no. joking, but I am not. No, how, what do you mean you wish it was, you, you wish you were joking? Did you not come up with that joke? I did not come up with that joke. That's oh. what it is called. But who calls it that? Michael Giacchino <gasps> wrote the music and called it the Booneral. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's also an epi- uh, a song in this episode called Shannonigans. Oh my God. This is a serious. That's my favorite type of joke that was taking something so serious and being like, oh, puns. Yeah. I love it. I did not I'm make up Booneral. That's what it's called. Oh, my God. No, oh, there's a joke in here. Hang on. Okay. Mm, give me time. Keep talking. I'll, I'll come okay. up with it while you talk. <laughs> cool. Um, so they're like, Shannon, do you want to say something? And she's like, no, which I fully understand, especially if you yeah. like hadn't prepared anything. You don't want to say the wrong thing. And yeah, oh, I get it. She's so, still in shock. Yeah. Um, Saeed speaks up and talks about how Boone was always very brave. You know, he was the first one in White Rabbit to go after Joanna and although neither he nor Jack saved Joanna, it was still a valiant effort. And he's sorry that he didn't end up being able to get to know Boone better. I didn't know Boone very well. And for that, I'm sorry. On our sixth day here, a woman named Joanna died. She drowned. And Boone was the first one into the water. I didn't know him, but I'll remember his courage, and I know he will be missed. Saeed. Saeed's great. He's a good person. Sa- yep. Saeed, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> I just love him so much. He's so yeah. kind. I, which, yet again, just demonstrates that, oh, <clears throat> he should be the leader. True. The truth is out. <laughs> out there. Uh Locke finally shows up, and he still has blood all over him. I'm like, dude, wash your shirt. <laughs> Don't show up to his funeral with his blood on you. That is terrible. He's yeah, a- those are not funeral blacks. Like, those no. are that's not your best. <laughs> I can't believe he, like, like, dared to show up anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he stumbles in, and he's like, I have something to say. My bad. I know it's the middle of the funeral. That's it. Yeah. It's like, not to make this about me, but... This is about me. But he's like, we haven't been about me for a couple episodes, and I think we should be about me for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, once again, I think makes the case for Locke the Slytherin. I fully agree, and I also, I want to talk a, about Jack as well in a in a second here. Wait, okay. is there a dispute over Locke being a Slytherin? No, we're just, like, trying to, like, settle on everyone's Hogwarts oh, okay. houses because um, Maria, who I mm-hmm. believe her handle is Juliet's Burke? Yes, I believe so, yeah. Um, on Twitter... Was talking about how she kind of always saw Locke as a Ravenclaw turned Slytherin. Oh. Which I can actually really see because it's someone whose original pursuit was logic and that logic sort of like, or learning, I guess. And it overtook him to the point where it became a very selfish quest. Okay. I can see that. So I I think that's probably the best sorting of Locke that I've heard. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up telling them about the Nigerian plane that they found, tell them some secrets and stuff about what exactly actually happened to Boone. Um, he calls Boone a hero and Jack ends up like tackling him. Charlie and Sawyer have to pull him off. And he's like, where were you? And like, here's my kind of thought about Jack here is it's like, Mm -hmm. we think Jack is sad because Boone died. But like, honestly, I kind of think Jack is like, like we kind of talked about last episode, Jack 
is isn't really saving Boone for Boone. He's saving Boone for himself. Yeah. Because he doesn't like people to die when he's operating on them. So, like, it feels like he's not angry for Boone and Shannon. He's angry for Jack. He's angry for Jack, and he's angry that the lie that Locke told meant that he failed. And, like, obviously, Jack has empathy for this. He's sad that Boone died. Those are all, like, understood things. Yeah. But the greater context of his anger is very much placed at, you lied, and you made me mess up, and someone died because of it. And I feel like that's really, like, kind of the same situation that he was in with his dad. It kind of makes me think about reputation, um, like, not the Taylor Swift album. <laughs> I was like, do you mean the album? <laughs> Great album, though. Would recommend. Locke's reputation goes, is just slandered in this episode. But I feel like Jack is kind of concerned with his own reputation. Boone dies and Jack is saying, oh, no, now I'm not the doctor that saves everybody. So instead he's being like, well, it's, it's Locke's fault that I messed up. Mm. I would have I would have mm-hmm. been fine if Locke hadn't done it. Yeah. I'm the best doctor. Uh, I think he can't, like, get that possibility out of his head that, like, if he had known all the truth, maybe he could have saved him. Mm. So he's just, like, yeah. really angry and resentful because he's, like, he doesn't know what would have happened if he had known the truth. Yeah. And I think, like... One thing that uh, when Selena from Hypeable was on this podcast, she really gave us a lot of insights into Jack that made me look at him differently. Yeah. And I think maybe one of the elements is that Jack is very focused on making sure that everyone stays alive and he protects them. Like Jack, even though he doesn't want to be a protector, he takes that role really seriously. Mm-hmm. So now everyone knows that he is fallible. And I think part of it's his reputation, but part of it's that he's a little devastated that he, it is now very clear to him that he can't keep everyone safe yeah. and he can't, you know, he can't be who they want him to be. And that is probably a huge point of stress for him. Yeah, especially because Boone was a main character. And not only is that like amazing to Jack, because like, you know, Boone is someone that he knew and that he yeah. spent a lot of time talking to. Uh, but it's also a huge thing for the audience that we're just like, wow, like, there it is. Like, anybody could die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no, ma- as magical as the island is, it's not that magical. Which, fun fact, um, Ian Summerhalder was uh, credited in this episode for playing Boone's corpse. Oh my God. So, thanks so much, Ian. You know what? Get those coins. I support it. <laughs> Did he get paid to, like, lay there? And be yeah, dead? literally, like, paid to get stroked by Maggie Grace. Um, what a great day! Yeah. yeah. Put him in the ground, get some money. Yeah. That's, that's how people make money on CSI. Yeah, exactly. Jack collapses because he's exhausted and is losing blood. As you do. He's like, something about the hatch and how Locke is hiding something... He needs to rest because he's the only doctor, so they need him to not be a hero today. Sit down, buddy. What? I can't be a hero today? What? What the frick? That's my only goal in life. I don't know who I am if I'm not a hero. (laughs) I need a hero. I think I I read once it's like Jack's hero complex was called like a Harry Potter hero complex. Because Harry was always like, I don't want anybody else to die for me and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no one's dying for Jack. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I see where you're going. I'm it's trying. It's that whole, I yeah. have to take it all, all the responsibility on myself and I can't let 
anybody else share this burden. Right. Bro, it's I bear it so they don't have yes! to. <laughs> Deathly Hallows Harry being like, no, no, you guys don't have to come with me. Like, I'll defeat Voldemort myself. It's all good. It's it's the mark of the protagonist. And Ron's like, can you not be stupid, please? And Hermione's <laughs> like, yeah, that's Ron's job. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. Yes. Okay. No, I love you, Ron. Ron's, but I'm not Ron's wrong. my fave. Yeah. Shannon's sitting on the beach. Locke comes over, still covered in Boone's blood. Yeah, that's what, what I would want to see wandering around the island. Gives her, gives her Boone's bag. I should have said no. First time he offered to hunt with me, I should have said no. He would have gone anyway. Yeah, I suppose he would have. I know how confused and angry you must be right now. I can't say I understand what you're going through, but I know what it feels like when you lose family. I hope you can forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you, Locke. Let me just, like, Thanks, buddy. scratch this fresh wound that I caused. Yeah. Ugh. But, like, would it have been worse if he hadn't have apologized, though? I... Or would it have been better? I think he should have yeah, given her no. time. I think she needed more time. Like, just a little yeah. bit longer. I guess it had only been, like, a couple hours since he died. Yeah. yeah, like, that's, like, fresh off his funeral that happened almost immediately, too. Yeah, hey... Claire's baby? That's not a newborn baby. That baby wasn't born yesterday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big baby. Yeah. But what can you do? You can't always get freshly born babies. <laughs> I get freshly it. born! <laughs> Just straight out of right? the oven. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes up to Saeed and she's like, hey, can I have a favor? Yell at Locke. Or like, I don't know, what what exactly is she trying? Does she, she want to him, him to kill Locke? Yeah, that's what I thought. Shannon. Like, is Shannon just like, you know, what's great about having a boyfriend who was in the military and tortured people is that he can torture whoever I want him to. (laughs) Me. I think she just went to, like, a really dark place, personally, and was just like, Mm -hmm. I think she intended for it to mean avenge my brother, but Saeed is a good person and he doesn't kill people anymore. If he possibly can. <laughs> possible? Like, if he can help it, he will not do it. Yeah. I think it's kind of unfair for Shannon to be like, mm, if I imply this, will you do it? Yeah. But I get it because when you're in that kind of emotional state, like, logic has no place there. Right. Kate has Jack drink some juice. And my next note is good doctor, bad patient. <laughs> Which literally, <laughs> yes. Um, she's like, please lie down uh, because I drugged you. <laughs> Jack's like, oh, cool. (laughs) Okay, so I have a thought about the scene. Okay. Which is, we just giggle and laugh, and it's like, yes, this is a great scene. But if he had done this to her, we would be like, what? Yep. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I do think that context is important here. Yeah. You know, because- Of course. It was for the greater good. It was better for him to to take it out. Yes. Because he was going to work himself- until he passed out and, like, lost too much blood. 
and there was no one else to know mm-hmm. any better how to fix him. But I don't know. Ultimately, the concept is a little bit problematic. I don't like. Yeah, the, I yeah. don't like the way that it's like implied as shippy. Mm. No, I would. That, no, I that, wouldn't assume no, that. Yeah. Well, I, well, I read it that it was like intended that way, like not necessarily. Okay. Like I, I just got this like I know what you mean. I know what vibe you mean. from yeah, her, I, like I'm, uh, yeah. being the one to take care of him, and I didn't like that because right. okay. probably just because I don't ship it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It just kind of seemed weird. I could I could see. Uh, yeah, when I was watching that scene, I actually didn't read any anything like that, but I can see where the intention would be for sure. I really liked the moment, though, after he passed out, she just goes, okay, good night. <laughs> see you in the morning. See you later. The next thing we have is Locke finally cleaning his shirt. Um, he's got, like, a little bowl beside him, but it's, like, not clear whether or not he's, like, draining his shirt into the bowl or into their drinking water. <laughs> so I'm just going to hope that it's going into the bowl. Yo, I mean, but like, we're all women. But, like, is he... We all know it's not coming out. Yeah. He's... Is it, I think it's still getting into the water either way, because unless he's got two bowls... True. No, I don't... No, you would only need one. Scoop with the... Okay. Sorry, I had to talk myself through that. Okay, all right. <laughs> Today on The Aficionados, we figure out how filtering water works. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Walt walks over and Locke waves to him... Walt doesn't wave back because he's kind of scared of him because that's what Jack did. He said, this guy's a liar. And now all the people who kind of trusted Boone, I mean, Locke don't really trust him anymore. Like Walt. Also, Walt kind of wanted to like be in Boone's like place there. Position. In their club. Yeah. And like, he's like, okay, so the kid who was hanging out with you died. So if I hang out with you anymore, I might die. That's interesting because... I would say that probably if we look at Boone's time on the island, the person that he talked to the most, probably Shannon. The person he talked to the next most, probably Locke. And number three might be Walt because he spent a lot of time with those two. Yeah. Yep. Yikes. Maybe Jack, but that's scary. Because, like, yeah, it's someone that Walt really actually knew and talked to. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of upsetting that we actually didn't really explore Walt's state of mind here. Yeah. Because I would like to see that. Except for the conversation he has with Michael a little bit later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Saeed goes up to Locke and is asking him where he got his scar. He says, war. (laughs) Uh, He's like, I think it's from surgery. And he's like, cool, so war. (laughs) What is it good for? Getting cool scars. Thanks, bud. You're welcome. Uh, So he's like, is there a working radio in the plane? And he's like, well, it was working. I don't know if it's working now. Okay, well, will you take me to it? Sure, whatever. Like, I got anything else to do except get dirty looks from other people. Sure. <laughs> I was about to say, no one else will talk to me, so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. Okay, so they're going to go, and he's like, okay, so how'd you find it? He's like, oh, luck. I definitely did not get a vision from the island. That would be weird, right? <laughs> that's not what happened. No. He's like, oh, were you hunting? And he's like, well, we would have been hunting, except uh, hunting isn't working, so instead we were just exploring. Or you suck at that. Yeah. We found something more fun to do. Yay. They were hunting h- hot boys in the forest. So he's like, cool, so you just, like, found it? And he's like, yeah, just found it. 
He's like, okay, well, you said that you had a leg injury. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's just a Charlie horse, just like a cramp. And he's like, I know what Charlie horse means. (laughs) Like, okay, so here's my thought about this is it's like, we could read it like Locke is assuming that Saeed doesn't understand English words because he's ethnic. Or we can be like, Locke said a word, Saeed didn't acknowledge it, so Locke felt like he needed to clarify. I think that Locke felt like he needed to clarify because he thought that Saeed wasn't uh, buying his shit. Yeah, Mm. I think Locke was like, my lie is not being accepted as easily as other people accept my lies. Right, right, right. Because no one's really called Locke on his shit other than Jack, but Locke doesn't respect Jack that much, whereas Saeed is a completely unknown entity to Locke. Yeah. Back in Iraq, you were an interrogator. Is that the question? Yeah. A long time ago I was. Well, you haven't lost your touch. Why would I interrogate you, John? Jack called me a liar in front of every man, woman, and child I've come to know over the past month. Maybe there's a part of you that thinks maybe there isn't a plane out here at all. I know when I'm being lied to. That's a plane. If Locke thinks that Saeed thinks that there isn't a plane, what does Locke think Saeed is trying to do by getting him out in the middle of nowhere? Mm. Probably kill him. You think so? Well, or not kill him, but murder him, try to find out whatever secret he is. I think to Locke, Saeed is a threat to his relationship with the island. Oh, I see. Okay. Because if you think about how jealous... Locke is of anyone who seems to have any kind of connection with the island. You know, people like Walt, like, he he kind of either takes them under his wing or, you know, with Jack, he, like, will fight him for leadership. But I think, like, here he sees, one, Saeed has the potential to be a leader that Locke is not and will never be. And right. two, if Saeed isn't buying his, his story, then Locke is failing both himself and the island. Yeah, like, I mean, Locke is like, I'm supposed to be the all-knowing one. Exactly. Locke's supposed to be the one in charge. Locke, in in Locke's mind, Locke is the one that knows everything about everyone. Right. Which is why Saeed unnerves him so much, because I think he can tell that Saeed knows he's hiding stuff, and that makes him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And no one else has been smart enough to figure that out yet. Right. Except for Jack. But Jack is not a threat to Locke in the same way Saeed is. Because I think that Locke understands who Jack is as a person, whereas he doesn't understand Saeed. And Jack didn't exactly figure it out so much as he was told. Yeah, that's true. Right. But Saeed says, listen, I know when I'm lied to and there is a plane. And I'm like, okay, some- Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Saeed Holmes. Saeed Holmes. I don't know. I love it. I Never. would watch that remake. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my mean. God. HBO? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. The next scene, Saeed somehow can just, like, taste drugs and know exactly which drugs they are. <laughs> I mean, as well, you do. Well, he's trained, like, super military assassin. I don't right. think they teach you that in the super assassin military. You don't? Are you a super assassin military person, Brittany? Yeah. No. No. We're not going to be able to include this because I've just blown my own identity. <laughs> oh, my God. Witness protection now. Yep. Don't you think that's something you should have told me, like, on the first date? Or, like, the second or uh, third? No. No, this is a Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation. Oh, my God. Oh, because I'm also an assassin. And Robin Robin is our, like, 
Robin is our adopted child. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just true in real life, yeah. though, too. I hope I'm safe with all of your spy goings on. Well, with two assassin you parents, have... we would, like, kill p- people for you. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, okay, man, dope. I would watch the hell out of that movie. <laughs> okay, so Locke explains that they were smugglers and uh, everything. Um, except Saeed says, okay, but why, why did you lie to Jack? Which is totally fair and Locke never actually really answers it and like Shannon even asks it later and he's like I don't know really he didn't really answer (laughs) he just says I made a mistake okay so do they ever answer that question I mean my thought is probably because Locke didn't want to say anything to do with the hatch because then people would like trace it back to the hatch and for some reason he doesn't want anybody else to know about the hatch well he doesn't want anyone to mess with his special puzzle right that's true that he was given yeah yeah, it was the island's gift to him, wasn't it? Like, if Boone wasn't with him when he discovered the hatch, I feel like he would have done it all by himself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to try and salvage the radio and everything. Why don't you trust me, Saeed? For one thing, you've been counting a gun you've told no one about. We found one of the smugglers about a half a click west of here. Dressed as a priest, Nigerian currency in his pockets, and this. Now you're armed and I'm not. Does that earn me any trust? You gave this to me because I caught you concealing it. That earns you adaptability. He's like, hey, how, how come you don't trust me, Saeed? And Saeed's like, well, it's because you have a secret gun on you. <laughs> and because you lie through your friggin' teeth. Yeah. I love how Saeed's like, um, no, I still don't trust you, but here's some video game points. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> I truly love that moment because he's like, yeah, um, you don't get any, like, actual real trust because uh, I had to ask you about the gun. Yeah. Yep. It's like when you apologize and it's like, well, I had to ask for that apology, so I don't think you really meant it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Locke's like, okay, well, here's a real secret then. Oh. And Sage's like, okay, well, give it to me. He's like, I wear ladies' underwear. <laughs> and Locke's like, remember that time when you got hit in the head? Whoops. Womp. That was me. Dun, dun, dun. We didn't know that before then either, right? No, we didn't. And it's funny because that happened in The Moth, and the guest for that episode was my cousin Aaron. And when we had talked about how that happened Aaron was like I don't actually remember who did it and I was like oh do you want me to tell you and he was like do they have the name of a philosopher (laughs) and I was like yes and then in the spoilers section I was like so it was Locke and he was like I thought it was Rousseau (laughs) I forgot about that everyone has philosopher names I totally forgot about that yeah but also what if people just stopped hitting Saeed that would be great dope like in terms of hit count like, I'm sure we can talk about this in the spoiler section, but in terms of hit count, it's got to be, like, Saeed and Ben up at the top, right? I, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Saeed gets the most, yeah. hmm So, Saeed's pissed. Understandably As so. You do. Yeah. Locke uses the phrase, the best interest, like, uh, the best interest of everybody, which is, like, basically a synonym for the greater good. Listen, you're following a signal that said that everyone died, and, you know, so I'm not sure why you want to do that. Also, not sure how Locke knows that, but that's fine. Well- I assume that everyone knows at this point. I have, like, a philosophical question for you, though. Okay. 
Do you believe that the justification of saying the greater good is even a fair argument to make, not even in this situation, but in a lot of like fictional situations? I really think it depends on the situation. Okay, so this one then. I would say, no, I don't think you should result to violence when you could just talk to somebody. Even though he says that Saeed wouldn't listen to him. I Saeed is very... Amenable. Like, I think he totally would. He's He's... He's what's the word? Amenable. He's, he's agreeable. He's he's very um like he'd listen. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think that that's not fair. In uh, I think in it's a reflection one. on Locke that he is like, well, you wouldn't listen. Right. He, Locke doesn't want to try and do something. Locke wants to do something Locke's way, and if it doesn't work out, well, you know that was someone else's fault. Yeah. Can you repeat your question, Brittany? Oh, I was just like positing like whether or not you believe the justification of saying oh it was for the greater good is a fair thing to do in this situation i think yeah like it depends <laughs> sorry i thought <laughs> yeah. i was gonna be like really smart here and i'm not uh <laughs> that's okay lol that's me like every minute of yeah. every day though <laughs> so he's like did you burn the raft and he's like no and then he's like okay boone says something about a hatch and Locke's like what a hatch mm, never heard of it uh, could there are two hatches on a plane, so that could be it. And Saeed's like, mm, I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm watching I like you, Wazowski. Think so. So I like how in this moment, Saeed's like, all right, I'll let it slide. But he, you know already, because he's told you already, that he can tell when he's being lied to. Right. So he obviously knows from that moment that Locke is full of garbage. Um <laughs> But I like how it sort of like tricks you the, into thinking, okay, maybe he doesn't know when he's being lied to until like the very last minute of the episode where he's like, all right, show it to me. Right. I'm not messing around. <laughs> See, my thing is like, I could, because Saeed's so smart, I could never believe that for one second he would fall for any of it. Well, it's not, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, I totally see what you're saying. I don't think that he's that I would assume that he isn't smart. I would just mm. assume that Locke is Locke's a complete liar. Yeah, right. Like he lies so often that sometimes you can't tell if he's lying because he does it so much. Damn, Locke, what's your damage? It's interesting that Jack calls him a liar, but and and once Jack calls him a liar, you're like, oh no, well uh -huh, he tried his best. He's not a liar. And then you continue on with this episode, and you're just like. Girl, Locke is a liar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, snap. This has to be one of the first episodes where uh, his ugliest nature comes out. Yeah. Even watching this episode, if you're just watching the episode, you're still thinking, oh, but Locke. But, like, us talking about it here is just, like, these are the negatives of Locke. And this is making me dislike Locke a little bit, especially just right now. Am I, like, well, it's what makes him so wonderfully complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Am I, like, a weird person for, like, never having liked Locke? I almost sort no. of liked him because you guys were, like, sort of talking me into it. And then I got to a certain point in my rewatch and I was like, no, he's, I can't stand him. <laughs> I don't think, I didn't like Locke the first time I watched the show. I didn't at all. Huh. Um, now I have an appreciation for how complex and how damaged a character he is. And I can really see, like the nuance that went into writing him. But I don't know if that makes him likable to me. It makes me appreciate him. Yeah, like he's interesting, but I don't like him. See, that's yeah. interesting because 
from the very first, like, Locke's got an orange peel in his mouth, I was like, I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think... And, like, I think that's just as valid. You know, Locke did some bad things, but I don't think I ever disliked him. I... But then you look at stuff like this, and you're like, I don't know if I can 100% be on his team here. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I'll switch teams sometimes, but I never... I never disliked him. Interesting. From the yeah. very first episode, I was like, I don't trust him. He seems <laughs> I guess creepy. that's the test. <laughs> I like that, though. Yeah. So the next scene we have is uh, Shannon has gone through Boone's bag, found his wallet. I, I noticed that on the other side of the photo, there was a checkbook. And I just kind of thought that, you know, the last thing that he ever wrote in that checkbook was that check that he gave to Brian in Hearts and Minds so that he would stay away from his sister that, that Shannon ended up betraying him oh wow with. Mm. and that's the last check he ever wrote i guess um that's hurtful she finds a photo of the two of them saeed comes comes to talk to her and he's basically like uh, i don't know he's he's chill he's all right i mean you know he he lies a little bit but i don't think he like ever really meant to hurt boone and i think that's definitely true yeah that yeah Locke doesn't have ill intentions towards anyone. No. He just has his own best interests at heart. Yeah, yes. and he, he sometimes, like, he doesn't wish bad on anyone, but he sees people at, like, he doesn't, I don't feel like he sort of regrets Boone's death either. No. So no. It, it's more like he's collateral in his quest. Right. And he yeah. doesn't care. Yeah, like, he doesn't want anyone to get hurt, but if they do get hurt, that's the price of doing business. Yeah. Saeed tells Shannon Which is that very much his father. she might just need to, like, need someone to blame. Which, like, fair, but also, like, can you not say that to her face? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be prepared to hear that. No. I'd be like, I need, I need someone to think that I am not crazy in my grief right now. And that's, like, the rest of Shannon's arc. It's like, people aren't believing me. Ugh. Jack wakes up, and Kate gives him soup. The key is gone. Uh, he thinks it's Locke, but Saeed knows that it's Shannon. And this actually looks like a continuity error because how would Shannon know? Like, the only people who know about the key and know about the guns is uh, Locke, Jack, and Kate. So, of course, Jack thinks it's Locke. But it is revealed in season three how Shannon, in like in a flashback, how Shannon knew about it. What? I mean, I don't remember, so I'm just saying Saeed told her? No, uh, Kate let it slip. Oh, okay. I thought that the continuity error came in where Kate was like, no one else came in here. But mm. Shannon clearly got it after he was unconscious. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I assume Kate had to like walk away and get the soup or something. Oh, uh, true. Or she had to pee or yeah. go bug Sawyer for a bit. Mm -hmm. Seems like a good sport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're in the jungle in the rain. Shannon goes to has gotten the gun and now she's like kind of on a standoff with Locke. Uh, talks about how she's not thinking rationally and how she's never fired a gun before. So she does. I love that moment where she's like, oh, so you think I won't do it? Yeah. Just because I've never done it doesn't mean I won't. She's right. like, oh, you've never shot a gun? Boom, now I have. Now or I've what? shot a gun. What's your excuse? <laughs> also, I have we talked about how all of the really big dramatic gun or fight moments in this show happen in the rain? Yes, that's a, it's a theme. Like if you go on Lostpedia, like rain is one of the themes that they like to keep bringing up. But like, you know, it, since it is such a big theme, like island question mark? 
Oh. Yeah, I was just going to say, can you put in the spoiler section um, to talk about this? Rain, um, in my Disney class in college, was... Because uh, um, you were cool enough to take a Disney class. I took two. I wish. That's dope. I wish I was that cool. Um, in the one about Disney and children's literature, it was... Mm-hmm. Rain was called uh, Pathetic Fallacy, which is something where the rain makes everything sad so the rain makes the world sad which makes all the little creatures sad which like um in snow white's death scene it's raining right yeah so stuff like that so was anyone else picturing kuzco as a llama crying in the rain (laughs) also that (laughs) no like thank you so much you started thinking about that and all i could see was that first new group (laughs) Mm, sad llama sad llama (laughs) This is my story, not it. Saeed tells Shannon that she can never take it back, which, of course, you know, Saeed knows about these these things. Mm-hmm. Shannon, you don't want to do this. Yes, I do. If you do it, you can never take it back. What did you do to him? I told you it was an accident. Shannon. Jack, you told me he was a liar. She's like, Jack said that he's a liar, so... There it is. And it's like, Jack, this is kind of your fault. Um, Saeed tackles Shannon. The gun fires, but it only, like, grazes Locke's forehead. Like, Thank what goodness. a close shot, though. Yeah, that would, like, that could have gone straight through. Like, if he didn't tackle her, would she have, like, shot him in the head? It's almost like something is looking out. True. Locke can't die yet. Island's not done with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it's almost like there's some kind of mysterious entity looking out for Locke. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, I have a... But yeah, it totally thing. looks like it would have been a headshot, right? Yeah. Um, I have a thing from Lostpedia here, and it says, On the island, Saeed tried to prevent Shannon from murdering Locke out of practical motives, like not wanting to lose Locke. In Sydney, he tried to persuade Assam to go ahead with the suicide mission, which would kill hundreds of innocent people for emotional reasons, like believing he could find Nadia again. Both of his tasks are ostensibly all about the greater good, preventing the deaths of many in Sydney and taking down a possible murderer, Locke. However, in both cases, the party that sets the work in motion are personally involved and not really being objective about the greater good being served. Mm. Juxtaposition and irony. Man, Saeed puts up with a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's another one for juxtaposition here as well. It says, in the past, Saeed chose the greater good over his friendship with Assam, causing the latter's suicide, which Saeed greatly regrets. On the island, Saeed chose not to let Shannon kill Locke and sacrificed his relationship with her, at least for now, in order to save the man who may be their savior. Saeed, however, comments that he may indeed come to regret his actions. I think that's a great insight into the man who Saeed is. Yeah. In that... He changes a lot, but intrinsically at his core, he will choose to preserve life over anything else, Mm -hmm. which goes against every value that I think is drilled into him, you know, while in the army, but is very much a huge part of like Islam is the preservation and the celebration of life. Right. Which is something they say in the episode, isn't it? Doesn't Assam say that? Yeah. Yeah. So Shannon's sitting alone by herself. She just needs some time. Uh, Saeed feels like he may have made a mistake. They talk about having choices. Yeah. So uh, he's like, how's your head? He's like, aha, another war wound, lol. Um, He's like, listen, I know that Shannon's not going to forgive you anytime soon. So thank you for what you did. And Saeed's like, girl, it wasn't for you. (laughs) I think that you're the best hope that we have. 
I still don't don't really forgive you or trust you, but hey, let's go to the hatch. And he's like, oh, uh, what hatch? And he's like, girl. <laughs> he's like, I know, hatch. okay, drop the act. And now you're going to take me to the hatch. Hatch, I already showed you. John. No more lies. I'd like to go to the hatch. Same. Me too. Sam, you want to go to the hatch? Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, let's go to the hatch. Yeah, okay, dope. Robbie, you want to go to the hatch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably like um, Fave Island location, maybe? Yeah. I think there's like a really like cool thing down in the hatch. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. I've never seen this show before. <laughs> yeah. Those are all my on-island thoughts. Um, Those are also all my on-island um, thoughts. Samantha, do you have any more? Um, Just that Shannon and Saeed is the most underrated ship of the show. Right, Ooh, right. no, talk about that. Um, I love them. I think their okay. relationship is very unexpected mm-hmm. uh, and very underrated for that, probably that exact reason. And also spoilers. Uh, it's great, but they deserve more love. All right. Whereas, like, I think we've had people on the show who actually deeply dislike their relationship. What? But we've also had people who mm-hmm. do like it. Yeah, so... It seems to be actually a really polarizing yeah. relationship for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Usually based on how they feel about Shannon. Uh, and Saeed. Yeah. That makes sense. I disagree with him, but that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. It's flashback time. It's flashback time. We are going to talk. You know, I liked last week's flashbacks better when I didn't have to think very hard about them because yeah. it was just Jack having cold feet. Yep. The first flashback we have is that we are at Heathrow Airport and Saeed is being escorted by soldiers in handcuffs. On Lostpedia, it says that actually, why are there soldiers? Because usually this sort of stuff would be handled by the police. Yeah. Or agents. Yeah. Like Interpol, probably. Something that I kind of wanted to point out, like watching Saeed walk through an airport in handcuffs makes me really upset because I know that he hasn't done anything wrong. And like, I just like imagine the people who are seeing him walk by in handcuffs and I could just feel like those few Mm -hmm. racist people who are going to use this as an example later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every time. They're going to be like, well, I saw a guy who looks like that walk through the airport with soldiers in handcuffs. So it's always those guys. It always, yeah. Like, that's, like, the definitely racist people, and it's also, like, the people who don't even realize that they're having, like, subtextual racist thoughts will be looking at him like, like, oh, what did that guy do? Yep. Yeah. And why? Well, because the, the the mind goes certain places, especially because this episode came out and, you know, it was only four years after, and now we're 17. Holy crap. Yo, guys, some of us are old. Yeah. 17 years. That can't be right. No, that, that is, is right. right. <gasps> since since 9-11, you mean? Yeah. 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 And the same prejudices haven't gone away. Nope. We nope. still live in that world. Yeah. 17 years, we haven't learned a thing. If anything, it's worse. So we have um, Melissa Cole from the CIA, which stands for Central Intelligence Agency. And we have Robbie <laughs> Hewitt from... ASIS, which stands for American Society for Industrial Security. But uh, See, I, I did didn't, some. I didn't know that was a thing. I did some research on that, and I'm like, American Society. But like, this guy is clearly Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, it says 
it says like on Google in London. Yeah, it says that on Google, um, it kind of has branched out to all over the world. So I assume that's what happened there. I've never heard of that organization in my life. Well, that's why it's super secret. That's probably on purpose. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also it like, I love the fact that this grown man goes by Robbie and not Rob or Robert. <laughs> Bobbert. <laughs> I just think that's interesting. Um, His name is Bobbert. They have made Saeed chill for 18 hours in a cell. Why? I don't know. Saeed would have talked to you. Like, I know that there's certain interrogation techniques that really we only learned about a couple of years ago. About, like, the extent of cruelty towards prisoners, I guess from Americans, but also worldwide. But in terms of the show, I don't understand why they would do that when Saeed has really kind of proven thus far to us, and then obviously to them, that he he's kind of going to just do what he's told. Like, if they, if they already had the leverage of... The girl? Like, why yeah. Why go through the extra work of being dicks? And also, Saeed... just to be dicks? Saeed was an interrogator. He knows these tactics. Like, I feel yep. like if you know what's happening, you could probably just be like, Hi, um, I know you're going to leave me in here for a really long time because I've done this before. So I just want to let you know that, like, I'll talk to you. Yeah. Not sure why I need to be in here. I mean, what is his motive not to? Yeah. He knows he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. But I mean, hey, that's racism. But I actually do have a question just because I've forgotten. Why was he in custody in the first place? Um, I believe that he was in custody. Like they went and found him specifically because they needed somebody to go and like relate with and be friends with Assam. And they knew that Saeed so was that type of person. So he's being unlawfully held then. Exactly. At yeah, least like, as far as I know. Yes. Yeah. Like they never give a reason for why they have him arrested this is interesting that uh i called her melissa cole because in the transcript it says melissa cole but she is she's credited as Alyssa cole oh so i need to go back and like check to see what she actually said saeed only served in the 1991 persian gulf war but he tortured people and that's a crime yep okay so if they have proof of the torture then yeah yeah he yeah Military career, Saeed served as a communications officer in the Iraqi Republican Guard for five years. Yeah, so he was there during the Persian Gulf War, mm-hmm. which... He learned crucial skills but engaged in morally questionable acts, including as an as-yet-unexplained incident in Basra. Oh, the Persian Gulf War was Operation Desert Storm? Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, wow, he was, he was in De- Desert Storm. Is that, that, and that's a real thing? Yeah, Desert Storm's, yeah, desert a, real storm's a real thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what it says. It's a very big thing. During Operation Desert Storm, yeah. Yeah, Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Those are some of the most, I think, iconic pieces of modern American war. So there's a number of crimes that he committed to the United States because he fought against, against them in a war. To them, he would be a criminal either way. Yeah, okay. Because you know how Americans be. Let us move on. So there were 300 pounds of C4 that they're trying to get back. Um, Saeed says he's not a terrorist. Yes, but you know one. This is... Okay, so anyway, his name is Assam. Oh, they all. he also says, you guys are the CIA. Plant bugs. And they say, oh, we have. And it's interesting, like, Saeed must have taken this information and then used it once he gets to the room. Question, do you think that the people said, yeah, we have one in their fire alarm? 
so that Saeed could gain their trust? Or do you think no. Saeed did that himself? No, I think he was just smart enough to figure out where it was. Right. But he knew that there were bugs, so he could be looking for them while he was in there. Yes. Got it. He was uh, roommates with him at Cairo University. So they went to university in Egypt. That's heckin' cool. That is really cool. That's really neat. That's awesome. When I was in high school, I desperately wanted to be an archaeologist and go to Egypt. That's so cool. Um, same. Sam Tazia. Your roommate at Cairo University. He's a member of the cell. And why should I care? You'd be saving lives. I repeat, why should I care? Because we know where she is. Seven years since you left Iraq. Six months here, three months there. Always moving. There's only two reasons why a man would do that, Said. Either he's running away from something or looking for something. We know what you're looking for. You got to help us. And he goes, okay. And um, everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah, it's bad. So uh, Saeed is at a mosque and they're all praying. Assam sees him and Saeed does like a whole bunch of acting, really. <laughs> He's quite a good actor. Do you guys think that he knew that Assam's wife had died or like, do you think no. he was actually? I don't think he knew. Like you never know at this point. Oh yeah, good point. But he's like, they w- he wouldn't have forgotten him. Um, yeah, he's just around traveling. And they talked about how he has a philosophy degree. What are you doing in Sydney? I've been traveling. And you? I live here. Almost a year now. I'm a tree cutter. I cut trees. Sounds like good, honest work. So much for my philosophy degree, huh? Whatever puts food on your table. Honestly, this episode, as dicey as the flashbacks are, is so well acted. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's really what I what I've really been thinking about as I was doing notes and and rewatching this episode is kind of uh did you guys watch season 1 at least of Master of None? No. Uh, I watched the first 4 episodes. Um there was an episode where uh Dev who is played by what's his name? Uh Aziz Ansari. Mhm. Oh, I love him. And yeah. uh he is an actor, but he keeps getting roles that are like specifically for Indian guys. And when he gets in there, they need him to play a taxi driver or like do an Indian accent. And like all of his friends are these like other Indian actors who he's friends with. And they're always talking about how every time they go into an audition that they're given, it's always just like do something racist. And like, yeah, I can't help but think that these guys who are playing these other men who are, you know, guest starring and co-starring in this episode are going through that. Yeah. Like playing character of what like literal white people think that they're like, like come in and play a terrorist. Mm -hmm. And that's like sad to me. That's why it's so extraordinary these days when someone doesn't have to do that. And so we have to make a big deal about it. Like in media of like, wow, this person's got a diverse part that doesn't racially like pigeonhole them. And Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh my God. We really have to celebrate the bare minimum in order to get anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. this shouldn't have to be celebrated. No. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, yes, so his wife was killed by a bomb, and he's like, okay, come over. So they get to their house, and the three of them live there because that's all that they can afford, um, which is going to be us next year. <laughs> <laughs> us three. I'm laughing, but oh. I'm crying inside. Um, and they're playing a video game, and this video game is called Half-Life. Um, okay, Half-Life 
They're playing the PlayStation 2 version of a first-person shooter video game, and in it, a mysterious and omnipotent figure watches over the main character without direct interaction until the very end. Oh. Which is relevant. That would be the CIA. Well, it would be... Oh, well, yeah, but, like, in this episode... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It was fun watching that go right over Sam's head for a second. (laughs) Let me live. Um... I'm going to be in so much trouble. They talk about the Australian beaches and the Australian women. And Saeed continues to talk about it being like, yes, we are all having a normal conversation, FBI. (laughs) And then takes out the bug and throws it in a drink. And they're like, hey, maybe this wasn't a coincidence. And Saeed's like, oh, crap. And he's like, it was fate. And it's like, yay. (laughs) So they're playing soccer. You can see the Sydney Opera House in the background, except you know it's just Hawaii and they just put that in there. (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm supposed to get out of the house more. And he says that they have their target now. I think he's got his eye on a target. What makes you say that? For the past two weeks, he's been asking me about explosives. Blast radius, transport. That's very thorough. Do you know if he's gotten hold of any yet? Explosives? I don't know. All I know is there's going to be an operation, and there is going to be a martyr. You had that told me this morning. Uh, They talk about the explosives and how Assam's the one who has to be a martyr, and he says that uh, Haddad told him this morning. Did I hear it wrong, or did he say dad when they're playing soccer? Haddad, that's his name. Oh, okay. His name was Haddad. Okay. Yeah. So I heard that wrong. Sam's like, did someone say dad? (laughs) If you could see me, I'm looking at you like I'm on the office. I could actually hear you doing that. (laughs) He goes to talk to the agents and he's like, listen, Asan will will turn himself in. And they're like, no, well, we need to know where the bombs are. And he's like, he doesn't know where they are. So Saeed has to convince him to be the martyr. And he's like, um, pass, because that's terrible. And then they threaten to arrest Nadia. Mm. I think I think the thing that we should take away from this episode is, like, how people fall into terrorism and what happens to them when they're in these. Obviously, they're making their own choices, but that the insidiousness of a terrorist organization really is terrifyingly powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, even when he can tell that, like, it goes against what he has believed his whole life, mm-hmm. he's he can't get past the, the emotion world. of it. Yeah, and the world that is surrounding yeah. him now. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I, I think a lot of that is emotionally driven, and that doesn't just go for this terrorist organization, but for things like most of whatever the hell is going on in the United States with white people. Ugh. You know, like, just a very powerful emotional response with very little logic and thought put into it which is having horrible ramifications on like our society and it 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 goes to show that if you have enough influence you can very strongly feel like you're speaking to a group of people and those people will feel like you're speaking directly to them when really they're a means to an end Mm -hmm. and i feel like the the cia agents also represent that in a way 
Saeed is saying that you need to overcome your fear. And he's saying he's not afraid of death. He's afraid of like killing all of the innocent people. They talk about the greater good. And he's like, what if I'm only doing this because I'm angry and something about consequences and how fate brought them together. And they're going to both be the martyrs. I'm just recapping here. (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to know what to say. Yeah. Because we're not really qualified other than to say, holy crap, all of this is terrible and still weirdly relevant. But the thing is also that Saeed's plan, if it had gone, if it had gone the way that he wanted it to, nobody would have died. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think the CIA was, did they, they didn't want anyone to die either. Unless, uh, uh Assam no, I don't. was like collateral. They were like fine with that, but they didn't want the truck to go blow everyone up. They wanted right. Saeed there to stop that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, they've enacted this plan with the idea that that could happen. Yeah. True. Saeed gets picked up in a van. Uh, they go to a warehouse. Uh, you know, Haddad tells them to focus, gives uh, Assam uh, a gun. Um, there's actually a blooper here because when Saeed puts on his, like, jacket jumpsuit thing, uh, he has a name tag upside down that just says Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That's Saeed's name now. Yeah. His name's Steve. Uh, And then he calls them heroes. Once they get into the van, Saeed tells him the secret. He says he's going to give him a 10-minute head start, but he just has, like, such a sense of betrayal. Saeed talks about Nadia, and he he puts the gun to Saeed, and then, like, Jakino has it, like, bongos. And I liked, I don't know, I liked that moment. It's like, gun, bongos. (laughs) What is this, Battlestar Galactica? Oh my god. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Saeed very rarely loses his cool, and he looks yeah. terrified. Yeah. 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 It's like the Nadia levels of terrified. Yeah. Yeah. So, Assam uh, ends up committing suicide. So, my thoughts on that are like, it's doubly painful for Saeed, because he not only tried to get him out earlier, but then was told that he couldn't. And then he, mm-hmm. like, the reasons that Assam ends up killing himself are because of what Saeed had told him and, like, convinced yeah. him to do. And then mm-hmm. he just 180 that. And so it's like, Saeed kind of blames himself, I think. Oh, for sure. I wonder, like, it's not the same thing, but Saeed's talking to Shannon about how she can never take it back. Yeah. About killing yeah. Locke and... I wonder if this is, like, that's kind of what he's um, thinking about. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like, all of the mistakes he's ever made are probably going straight through his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, we learn that Nadia lives in Irvine, California. She's a lab tech. So she's doing well for herself. Proud. And um, they've got him a ticket on an oceanic flight that leaves in two hours. And you think, oh my gosh, it's the flight. Yeah. And then he talks about what will happen with his body. Like it, according to his religion, he's supposed to be buried, uh, mm-hmm. but no one is there to claim him. So Saeed says he will. And I wanted to bring it back to episode 104, which is called walkabout when um, they were talking about burning the bodies in, in the fuselage or not the few. Yeah. The fuselage. And uh, Saeed is just like, but some people's religions don't want them to be cremated yeah and jack was like we can't really go through everybody's stuff so it's just nice to see that this is something that's bringing back that's being brought back for saeed Mm -hmm. yeah after it's released 
be cremated. A Muslim man is supposed to be buried. Yeah, well, there's no one to claim the body. I'll claim him. You can't claim him when you're on a plane in two hours, mate. Then change my flight to tomorrow. And so that's what happened. That's that's how he got Saeed, on A15. I yeah. like that Saeed kind of ends up on that flight of his own because of what he, his own yeah. actions. I was just thinking that. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. Like, it's refreshing that it wasn't some mysterious force bringing him there. It was his own choice. Yeah, right. All right, so now it's time for our favorite line awards. Uh, mine goes to Charlie and Claire for... Look, it's okay. I can take care of Turniphead for a while. Turniphead? It's just what I'm calling him. Do you give him a name? Because his head... It's like a turnip. <laughs> Top-notch stuff. Yeah, I love them. And, um... <laughs> I didn't tell Robin this, but I don't think she's going to get it anyway. Well, it depends but on how much Sarah Drag well. Race she's watched. But she hasn't watched season seven. I know, but that's not the only place that that joke occurs. <sighs> okay. All right. Okay. <clears throat> My favorite line is... How's your head? <laughs> Say, it. Say it. Haven't had any complaints. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <coughs> Is that Saeed? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right? It's Saeed, right? I think so. Yeah. Robin's like, that wasn't funny. Yeah, it'll be funny eventually, but it's not right now. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny for me, and it's funny for Sam. <laughs> All right, Sam, your turn. Uh, my favorite line goes to Locke, but mostly Saeed, just for his attitude. Okay, I'll tell you something you don't know. Please do. Like, just the way that he delivers that is just pure gold because he's like please i know so much more than you please tell me something that i don't know already and he says it so politely saeed's really reminding me of of sherlock in this episode because Mm -hmm. i think there's this moment in bbc sherlock which is like the only sherlock i've seen sorry when watson says something like have you ever thought about and saeed or and uh, sherlock goes probably (laughs) oh yeah i know you're talking about yeah uh, so now we're going to move into our segments. So the first one we have is light and dark. And some of the light and darks that I picked out was uh, Locke still got his blood shirt thing going on. And he's trying to um, ring it out, like ringing out the darkness. I don't know. I'm just making things up. Well, that was a reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the flashbacks, that their house is very dark and the warehouse is very dark. And when they're outside, it's very bright. When Shannon is kind of just like chill and in mourning, it's more light outside. And then once she goes nuts, it's dark and rainy. Yeah. Uh, those are just some of the ones that I picked out this episode. Um, I don't know if I noticed any ones that were different. Yeah. Other than like, I guess the lighting changes between like in the flashbacks, uh-huh. um, the really, really bright days and then the dark, like the dark apartment. Yeah. Um, Now we're going to do Man of Science, Man of Faith. So I'm just going to name some characters and we're going to decide if they were more science or more faith. Uh, So Saeed? Uh, Science. Mm, I'm going to say science. Shannon? Faith. Yeah, faith. Because she's very emotionally driven. Jack? Uh, Faith, uh, I think, too. This episode. Tell me why. Um, Just because he was also emotionally driven. Because he wasn't, like, logically thinking about his own body or how... Gotcha, what, gotcha. Anything okay. that was, like, said to him. See, I would say science. Explain. Canada, explain. Well, because... Canada, explain. <laughs> because he's literally focused on this episode with the science of how Boone died. Like, the logic behind it. Why it happened. I could see that, too. I think they're both fair. Yeah. Uh, Locke. 
I might put Locke in science this episode. Oh, now you explain. Um, I would say it's because everything he's doing is very calculated yep. because he has to make up for things and he has to explain himself and he wants to make sure that he does it with like um, enough accuracy that he won't give away anything he wants to give away. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I can see that. Uh, Kate? Science. Science. Mm-hmm. Charlie? Uh... <laughs> No, he has faith. faith that Sawyer's voice will lull exactly. the baby to sleep. He has faith he'll figure out a way to to help raise this baby. Yeah. Yep. How about Claire? Mm, naps. <laughs> yeah. Man of naps. Man of naps. That should be pretty Hurley? same. Thank um, you. Hurley. I don't know. I just really want him to be science. Like, I think he's just like, ah, my hypothesis is that if I sing this song, <laughs> it will work. Well, yeah, that's true. He tried Both all of the guns. like all of his sources that he knew, and then he was like, "Well, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. gonna work." See ya. Yeah, Sawyer. Uh, mm, science. Yeah, and then Assam. Faith. 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 Absolutely. They even talked a lot about about faith in yeah. this episode. Um, okay, so for Hurley's Walkman, the song that he sings is "I Got You, I Feel Good" by James Brown. There's not there's not a whole lot to this song, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Whoa, I feel good. I knew that I would. Now I feel good. I knew that I would. Now so good, so good. I got you. Whoa, I feel nice like sugar and spice. I feel nice like sugar and spice. So nice, so nice. I got you. Um, that's mostly you want- it. Hey, when is your cover coming out on iTunes? (laughs) Gosh. I think you should just slice that part out that you just, like, deadpan, like, recited. And you just put that on iTunes. (laughs) Cool. All Um, right. So then next week, then. Do you guys want to know why I know that song? Yes. Uh, It's from the Disney – I think it's Disney. Oh, Jesus. Original movie. (laughs) It Takes Two, starring Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. I love that. Oh, boy. I love that movie. I support you. Yeah, you are valid. Thank you. Thank you so much. The next thing is, did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the episode title in the episode, and they did. They did it twice. Finally. Yeah. It's true. Innocent lives will be lost in service of a greater good. You talked me into this. Sam, don't. You said it was for the greater good. How many episodes since the last knockout? I don't think anyone was knocked out on island this episode, except they talked about someone being knocked out. So that makes two episodes since the last knockout. Because death doesn't count. Okay, you don't get back up from that one. Uh, Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? No. 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 Loss rarely does. There's not, not even like... The only time that I can think about a girl really talking to another girl is when Sun told Claire to take a nap, but like Charlie was right yeah, there. Yeah, they were, and they yeah. well, they weren't, and they were talking about Aaron, which is also a yeah. boy. Uh, for listener thoughts, we don't have one uh, this episode, but if you have any, you can send it to a fictionalist podcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a DM on Twitter, or you can just tweet us. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes we'll talk about it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Robin's like, it's chill. It's chill. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. And I think... At some like, point, that'll come back. As soon <laughs> as this episode goes up, it's like that week that we're going to a convention called Unity Days. Which is about um, the 100. 
it's gonna be awesome. I will also be there. <gasps> yes. You will? Yeah. Wow. Who are wow. you staying with? That's so awkward. Um, I think her name is Brittany. Oh, I don't know her. Oh. No, I mean either. No. I met her on the internet. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> they shoot The 100 in Vancouver, which is also where they shoot a show called Riverdale, which you can true. hear our podcast about on our iTunes and our SoundCloud. Sam is going to be on the new episode. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you can follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, YouTube soon. We filmed a whole YouTube video, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we sure did. What happened, Robin? Well, I framed it up, and I uh, pressed record, and then I went and sat down and forgot that I was taller than Brittany. Oh. So uh, Brittany's in frame, but only half of my face is. <laughs> yeah. So we have a so. whole conversation. Like, I have a good conversation with the bottom half of Robin's face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. so that's a really good reflection of how our YouTube channel is going to go, I think. I'm excited about this content. Eventually we'll get something up there. Also, have you noticed that Robin always structures it so that I have to say the Patreon thing? Uh, that's only on the last one, butto. <laughs> Nuh-uh, that's on every single one. I always say, do you want to say thank you for listening or do you want me to start? And you, like, always choose the one that makes you be Patreon. I'm having deja vu. I think we've had this fight before. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay. Shut up, Sam! <laughs> Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would love it because we use it for hosting costs. And yeah, just hosting costs and business cards. Yeah, and business yeah. cards. So thank you to anybody who currently donates and anybody who may donate in the future. It really helps us out. Thank it you. is legitimately amazing that anyone does. And just thank you. Yeah. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A -A -A with an underscore at the end. Sam, thank you for coming on the episode. Thank you Sam, for having Sam. me. Yay. Uh, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm at Sam Casey's on the Twitter. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. -S. The uh, next episode that we've got is episode 122, Born to Run. Oh, who's the guest on that one? It's... Sam again! <laughs> oh, so exciting. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Love you, bye! Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers! Oh my god, let's talk about spoilers! Okay! Let's talk okay. about Desmond! Sure, go this ahead. This literally all I ever want to talk about in the spoiler <laughs> section is I just want to talk about Desmond! Let me see some of the stuff that I have in here. Feels good, feels organic. Ooh, the cemetery! Oop, the cemetery. Oh, the cemetery. Hawkward. The start of the cemetery. Oh, right. Yeah, it Remember? has a specific name, but I can't. Remember I when that that who was a making thing. Ben dig his own grave in there? Uh, Alana. Oh, yeah. That was iconic. Yeah. Remember what happened to Nikki and Paolo in that cemetery? Yep. That was good times. And by good times, I mean terrible. That uh, Honestly, like, I explained this, like, on the Riverdale pod. For some reason, that's one of my biggest fears. Is getting buried oh, alive. Yeah, the same. buried alive thing. I enjoyed that episode, by the way. I listened to it on the way back here. Dang. Thank you, Bibi. I honestly, like, I listened to it, and I'm like, no one else is going to think we're funny but us. No, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, good. Um, okay, I found it. I loved it. how many times I got mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fancy. 
I love that you, like, heard the hair flip because I did it in real life. (laughs) I honestly did. (laughs) Um, Okay. Okay. Middle section survivor's graveyard. The survivors of Oceanic Flight 815 started a burial ground near their beach camp on day 20. The first person to be buried there was Scott Jackson, but the occupants quickly rose in number. (laughs) Eventually, (laughs) it was, like, called Boone's Graveyard or something. Um, Even though Scott was the first person to... To be there. Get out. To Boone Come on. It is set apart from That's the rest of the camp and lies just down the beach near Echo's Church. It's contained within a fence line constructed of logs and consists of numerous graves, all of which are marked by crosses constructed from tied together sticks. According to actor Jorge Garcia, the cast and crew refer to this graveyard as Boone Hill. Oh. Boone was the first main character to be buried there. An unused empty grave is also currently at the graveyard where Ben was forced to dig his own grave after Alana found out he killed Jacob. Ben later reconciled with Alana and avoided his death. And then Alana died. She blew up. It was funny. It wasn't funny. Sorry. <laughs> Robin! It wasn't funny. It was just ironic. Okay. <laughs> Next one is that... Charlie promises that no one will take Aaron from her, but in the finale, Danielle literally takes Aaron from her. And Charlie's just like, oops, I promised, and has to go after her. Because Charlie's a good man. He is good. Uh, Kate drugs Jack. And in an episode in season three called I Do, she does the same thing to Nathan Fillion. I mean, same. (laughs) No, no, bad. (laughs) Bad thoughts. You just... You don't drug people to get out of awkward situations? No, I usually just go, I'm going to go, and then I go. Okay, you fall asleep okay. to get out of awkward situations. Yeah, I'm the one wow. going to sleep. You are the one who drugs yourself. Yeah, I drug myself, <laughs> and I'm the one who goes to sleep, because I'm the one who's really thinking here. Uh, Charlie sings It's Bitsy Spider, and he says, drown the spider out, and coincidentally, that's nope. how Charlie dies. Oh, no. 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 Uh, Walt brings up what if they get eaten by a shark and uh, you know Walt is just like let's talk about animals and then they'll show up because uh, episode 2 of season 2 Adrift Michael and Sawyer have to like stay up above water so that a shark doesn't get them but also you know like realistically sharks don't really give a crap about humans yep. yeah they also don't. that's the Dharma shark the shark has like a Dharma logo on it then that shark that shark might Oh, well, then they basically trained it to be, like, eat people, right? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) That poor shark. Nadia lives in California, which we know because later, I can't remember exactly which episode, potentially Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham, maybe? No, 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 it was before. What? When did that happen? Local woman has entire conversation with herself. Maybe it was before Locke even got in the wheelchair, because I know that he was standing. Oh, but he was in a wheelchair in Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham, so it was before he got in the wheelchair. Anyway, Nadia lives in California. Locke had a had a job where he had to come and, like, check pipes or check pressure on something. And, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do we think that Saeed wanting to change his flight or, like, whatever was the work of Jacob or was it no. Saeed? No, I think it was no. Saeed. I think that's 100% Saeed, and I think Saeed is one of the few people voluntarily on that island. But also, like, Jacob like, was going to get him on the island, like... Well, is, is Saeed on his list? Yes. Mm. Saeed's, like, number 15 or something. But how would Jacob have engineered, he like, any of the, those circumstances? Yeah, I don't I don't even know. Well, it's, it depends on how powerful Jacob is. Like, I, th- I think Jacob probably would have found a way to delay that flight regardless. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Like, if Saeed got to the airport, he would find a way to delay that flight so that everyone... Until he ended up on the one the next day. Exactly. Because often flights fly the same pattern, then, like, the same, like, two days in a row. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah. If I were Jacob, I would pick Saeed. Oh, yeah. Saeed was number 16. That's a number. Um, sure is. Speaking of Jacob. Yeah. Do you think it's Jacob's own entertainment that he makes it rain when it's dramatic things happen? Yeah. Um, I think, I think, yes. I think Jacob thinks it's funny. That would, that would check out. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the rain. Yeah. Because I've seen this show more than once. Shannon in the rain makes me nervous. Oof. Oh, with Saeed too. Yeah, Oof. yikes! Like every time I rewatch this episode, I forget for a minute that it's not that episode, and I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, crap! And then I'm like, yeah. wait, Can never you mind. Imagine? But still, ah, oh, crap! Can you imagine if they killed off Boone, and then literally in the next episode they killed off Shannon? That would have been horrible. too much. That would have been unrealistic, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. And shows these days will do it, and that's why we're getting burned out. Yep. Is because yeah. they keep pulling crap like that in order to keep the stuff up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't buy this, though. This is just bad writing. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta space those deaths out. Mm-hmm. That's it. Should we do our outro? Yes. And then um, I have to pee. Thanks so much. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the episode. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much. Yeah. We'll see you next time. <laughs> I'm so excited. And in two weeks. I'll see you see literally you next week. actual with our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-B-Y-N-E-J-F-M-R-A-Y. Everyone's everywhere. Did you know that I always say that with you? I, I went super fast this time. I know that she always says it with you because I've been with her when you guys record. <laughs> and I want her to mouth it. <laughs> She'll also mouth your intro. I do because I haven't memorized. So do I. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I don't know why you would, but um, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. That was legible. You have the most followers out of the three of us. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you why. No, me neither. Um, okay, so <laughs> you can also follow at the Aficionados on a bunch of places. That's us. Um, I'm not speaking to Robin anymore, so Sam, please relay my goodbye to Robin. Robin, Brittany says bye. Okay, uh, then next month's Patreon goes entirely to me. So, uh, yeah, just <laughs> please donate to our Patreon um, so that you can pay me, me only. <laughs> uh, okay, love you, bye. Oh, wait, Sam, what's your Twitter? <laughs> it's uh, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. That's my name. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> Love you, bye. Okay, enjoy you a moderately amount. Bye. Bye. I love my our listeners and not you. Got it. Hey, what about yeah, me? what else is new? Of course I love you. Okay, thanks. Gross. Love you too. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 Turnip head.